you're listening to Secrets of Data Analytics Leaders. I think they may abandon the data warehouse as a distinct physical data store, but they can't abandon the collecting of enterprise history and the careful management of that history. Welcome, everyone. My name is Henry Eckerson, and with me today to talk about the current health and future of the data warehouse is Dave Wells. Dave is an advisory consultant, educator, and industry analyst dedicated to building meaningful connections throughout the path from data to business value. He works at the intersection of information management and business management, driving business impact through analytics, business intelligence, and active data management. More than 40 years of information systems experience, combined with over 10 years of business management, give him a unique perspective about the connections among business, information, data, and technology. Knowledge sharing and skill building are Dave's passions, carried out through consulting, speaking, teaching, and writing. He is now the Practice Director of Data Management at Eckerson Group, Co-Founder and Director of Education at eLearning Curve, and a faculty member at the Data Warehousing Institute. Welcome to the show, Dave. First question, what is the status of the Data Warehouse? What is your thesis? Where does it lie on a scale from dying to thriving? I guess in most cases I'd put data warehouse in the space of struggling but not dying. <laughs> I think the the reality is most of today's data warehouses would fit under the label of legacy data warehouse. Yeah, they they were good state of the art 1990s stuff, and we we can't get rid of them. People depend on them, so we we it's really time to rethink them. Yeah. So why do so many thought leaders in this space declare that the data warehouse is is dead? What are their primary reasons? I I think they're looking toward data lake technology and the the ability to use Hadoop and NoSQL technologies and those sorts of things as providing a replacement for the data warehouse. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's flawed thinking. How so? Data Lake and Data Warehouse serve different user groups and different purposes. The the Data Lake is very powerful for analytics, for people, data scientists, and others who want to work starting with raw data and do their own data preparation, do their own data blending, and and so on, and who want to do on-demand pulling of data and seeking, searching of data to discover insights. The opposite side of the coin and the one that the data warehouse addresses is those people who have a need for regularly published information that is pre-aggregated, pre-integrated, and ready for them to consume as information with less of the dynamics of analytics. The, the Publish and subscribe model still works, and people still want to have information published for them. The other aspect of the data warehouse that's important is that it collects a body of enterprise history that is time variant using uniform time intervals that meets all of the criteria that are necessary to do real meaningful time series analysis and to, to examine and track trends in, in business metrics. And Data Lake tends to be more erratic in time intervals and more erratic in its retention of history. And there are some disciplines that have built, been built over the years 
around the time variant nature of a data warehouse. Time variant is one of the defining characteristics, and, and there are good reasons that we need time variant data that is carefully managed if, if we're going to use behavior over time as a model to understand business dynamics. Right. You know, some probably posit that the data lake is an alternative, but it seems like maybe you're saying they both serve a, serve a purpose. How do they, how could they work together? Or is that what you're saying? They, they, they absolutely should work together. Yeah. They, they, they are complementary, and architecturally we need to rethink maybe not the data warehouse, but data warehousing, the concept of warehousing data, keeping an inventory of data that is subject-oriented, time-variant, integrated, non-volatile, the defining characteristics that Inman set forth years ago for a data warehouse. We need data that has those characteristics. Now, whether we store it in a separate data store relationally modeled and call it the data warehouse, or whether we treat that integrated, subject-oriented, time-variant, non-volatile set of data as some collection, some subset of the data lake isn't terribly relevant except from an architectural point of view. Architecturally, do I want to place the data warehouse and the data lake side by side, or do I want to place the data warehouse inside the data lake? So what, what would be the uh, results of just going with one or the other? If a company just goes with the data lake, what would be the negative impacts? If people just go with a data warehouse, what would be those negative impacts? If, if you just go with a data lake, you better be really good at data lake management, and you will need to think about carefully managing time-variant data within the data lake, or you will lose all of your ability for tracking historical behaviors and historical trends and doing really meaningful time series analysis. If you just go with a data warehouse, and you follow the traditional data warehouse model, relationally modeled, structured data only, you lose the opportunity to take advantage of the, the many opportunities that unstructured data and the big data world offer us. You mentioned earlier that you know a lot of people are using these uh, legacy data warehouses. Obviously, they need to evolve. How does one do that? First, you need a plan and an architecture for how to evolve your data warehouse or maybe more correctly data warehouses. Um, this is one of the challenges we have with data warehousing today is the original vision was a single data warehouse, that single version of the truth. Yeah. And the reality is that most organizations today have multiple data warehouses. I, I ran a live poll in a class that I taught recently where one of the poll questions was in terms of how many data warehouses you have in your organization fewer than 10% of the people who responded had only one data warehouse. Hmm. Only one respondent had no data warehouses and over 50% had four or more. Wow. So what, what's happened through mergers and acquisitions and rogue data warehousing and whatever, whatever else may have driven it is companies have ended up with multiple data warehouses. So we're still not at that single version of the truth. So what, companies need to do is step back and look at what is the purpose of the data warehouse. Well, single version of the truth is elusive and may always be a myth. Purpose of the data warehouse is 
primarily the integration and reconciliation of internal enterprise data and the collecting of that data as historical snapshots or time variant with uniform time intervals so that we can publish the kinds of information that people need. Now, architecturally, that doesn't mandate that it reside on premises in relational database management technology and be entirely SQL dependent and, and so on. Those are artifacts of data warehousing of the 90s. So we need to step back and ask, so for modern data warehousing, should I migrate to the cloud? Should I take advantage of Hadoop for fast data transformation engine, accelerate my ETL? For modern data warehousing, should I take advantage of Hadoop and NoSQL as ways to offload large amounts of infrequently accessed data so that I can get better performance from that, that data that is frequently accessed by, by reducing table sizes, database sizes, and so on. We need to ask all sorts of questions about how we position the data warehouse. Um, we need to think about data virtualization. Are there instances where the data warehouse is attempting to supply real-time or very low latency data and without the demand for a body of history? And would that be better served with a data virtualization model, or perhaps that would be better served by migrating some of the work that's done by legacy data warehouses to the data lake and leaving data warehouse doing only those things that a data warehouse does well that have to do with integrated, structured, relational data and time variant history. We need to ask about how we move data into the data warehouse. Um, most data warehouses today have a separate staging area. Does it make sense that the data lake becomes the landing zone for all incoming data and it serves also as the staging area for data that is further processed into the data warehouse? We need to ask about our data transformation models. Is e ETL cast in stone? Should we sometimes be doing extract load transform? Should we sometimes be doing bulk loads? Are there occasions where we may want to process data streams into the warehouse? If we're processing data streams, should they also land in the data lake first? And, and then we pull those events from the stream that are of interest to warehousing. So there's so many questions in terms of how to modernize the data warehouse that, that there's, there's not a quick leap to how do we get there. Um, first, answer these questions and define the whole data management architecture, not just data warehousing architecture, but where does data warehouse fit together with data lake, with analytic sandboxes, with master data management, what is my entire data ecosystem comprised of in terms of data stores, and then what are the constraints in terms of data flows? Can I move data from data lake to data warehouse, but not the reverse? Need these architectural decisions, then I can think about how do I migrate to the new architecture incrementally, because Big Bang isn't going to work. Yeah, you mentioned metadata management. I know some people have suggested a combination of metadata management and data lake could replace the data warehouse. I, I'm assuming you don't buy this. I don't buy that. Metadata management doesn't give me the time variant history that I need. We, we can't run only on current data. We can't run on historical data that is not carefully managed to ensure its veracity, to ensure uniformity of time intervals, and so on and so forth. We, we need 
master data management for shared reference data. We need data warehousing in some form for that time variant history. And we need data lake for all of the dynamics of the big data world and the serving of the analytics communities that didn't really exist when data warehousing was initially conceived. From a practical perspective, how do you, for those with, um, you know, speed issues and and cost concerns, how do you speed deployments and uh, reduce costs of the data warehouse? One one option certainly is migrating to the cloud, which reduces a substantial number of on-premises operating costs, data center costs, so on and so forth. One option is, as I'd mentioned earlier, when you re-architect, there is potential that you employ Hadoop as a fast and parallel processing engine for, for your, your ETL or ELT or whatever data movement processes you have so, so that you can, you can improve performance, you can improve throughput. And Hadoop at least is rumored to reduce costs. You know, I've heard it said that Hadoop is free like, like a free puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so cloud's a possibility. Um, data virtualization for data that doesn't need to be physically stored is, is a possibility. Um, certainly virtualization doesn't work for all data. In terms of reducing deployment times, Agile helps in some respects. DevOps takes us even a step further, and DevOps gets us to the point where the, the backlog of work and, and the task queue is being driven by operational needs, real business needs. So, so you've reduced one, one of the struggles we have in data warehouse deployments is that tremendous amount of time that is spent simply gathering requirements when requirements are so elusive and difficult to, to be expressed anyway. It, it seems like we're employing 90s thinking about how to run a project that doesn't fit this world of, of fast data and fast business. Going back to the cloud, are, are there are there any dangers of moving to the cloud that you see that would be um, dangerous enough for some companies that they shouldn't do it or challenging enough that they couldn't? I, I think the biggest danger is moving to the cloud without having thoroughly thought through the, the business and technical case for moving to the cloud. There, there certainly are companies or organizations that, that shouldn't move to the cloud. If you do move to the cloud, you need to do it carefully and be cognizant of the fact that moving a data warehouse to the cloud is much more complex than simply moving the data. Moving the data is one piece. Moving the processing is yet another piece. You can't do either of those until you migrate the schema. When you migrate the schema, it's likely that you're going to want to do some redesign along the way that your 1990s data models need some rethinking as you migrate. It may be that you want to make some changes to to your processing. The other reality is that any data warehouse of any substance is too large to migrate all at once. So you need to think about moving incrementally. And as you make those moves incrementally, you need to put in place something that makes it entirely transparent to the users where the data resides. You should be able to migrate data and process from on-premises to cloud with, without disrupting the business or without users having to rethink how to access the, the data. And that, that to me is a, a good application of data virtualization is just to put a virtual access layer in there so that you can do your behind the scenes work 
with little or no impact whatsoever to business users. Moving on to modeling, um, has in-memory scale-out technology changed how we need to model the data warehouse? Can we model less since machines are more powerful and will return fast queries running against ugly schema? That's a nice pipe dream. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, The reality is every time we shortcut modeling, we, we end up shooting ourselves in the foot, essentially. There's no, no substitute for design before you build. That's, that's what modeling is, is a design process to, to determine what it is that you're going to build. Yeah, you can't avoid the hard work. No, you're, you're, you're going to pay now or pay later. Yeah. Should we still model the enterprise or just model for individual use cases? I think we can model for individual use cases, and that can work fairly effectively as long as we have some sort of high-level enterprise architecture so that we know where each thing fits as we build it. You need some framework so that as you build each model, it fits into an overall design. That We can model the enterprise, too, and we can get past the idea of enterprise modeling takes too long. We have to stop the world and model the enterprise. One of the things we've not done very well in data modeling is apply data model patterns. There, there are many of them out there. Um, Len Silverston has three books out on universal data models. David Hay has a couple of books out about data model patterns, and there are a handful of others. There's a consultant in Melbourne, Australia, John Giles, who has made a very successful practice out of enterprise models in three weeks. And what John does is get in there and understand the business and the dynamics of the business, and then go through a process of selecting which data model patterns best represent this business. Then how do we take those patterns and mix and match them and build the bridges so that it's a cohesive data model? And then what kinds of tailoring might we need to do for things that are unique to your particular business? And the tailoring tends to be relatively small because of the degree of adaptability in these data model patterns. So it is possible to do enterprise data models rapidly. It it requires that you buy, buy into the concept of universal data models and data model patterns and understand them well and apply them well. Do we need to model the enterprise? Probably not but there is some value in at least having a high-level enterprise model. Do you prescribe uh, some optimal data warehouse strategy or architecture, or is it different for each company? I think it is different for each company, but not terribly different. Ultimately, you end up once again with a small number of, of patterns that work particularly well. Yeah. Back, back in the early days of data warehousing, the the big debates were Inman's hub-and-spoke model or Ralph Kimball's bus architecture. And all the while those debates were going on in the world of theory, the reality was everyone was implementing a hybrid of some sort. I, I tend to start from the place, if, if I have Greenfield for data warehouse design, I tend to start with, with the idea that I will have a hub data warehouse, but it will not be normalized as the typical Inman model is, it will be denormalized so that it contains master dimension tables with every row and every column that might be needed by any data mark for any dimension. 
It can contain master measures tables so that when I have key measures and key metrics, they, they can be collected once and calculated once for the enterprise so I get that level of consistency among what ultimately become the facts in my fact tables. And it can contain reference tables, code lookups, and those sorts of things. And, and if I start with that model and then begin to understand the, the dynamics and the needs of the business, that model can, can sort of adapt and morph as, as needed. Um, for, for example, if, if I go to Micron, they have some very complex data that needs to be collected uh, about the tests that they run on, on their chips and on their, their electronic components. And managing that data requires a level of hyper-normalization that isn't possible in, in a typical ER model. So for, for their test data, you begin to bias toward a data vault model that supports that hyper-normalization. It doesn't mean we need to put everything in data vault. So this, this is, I think, the process of designing a data warehouse is thinking through the nature of the data and the nature of how the data is used and building models to, to bridge between those two. That's the, the point is to connect people with data. And careful data modeling is the way that you're going to provide the best connections. In five years, um, what do you think the health status of the data warehouse will be? And uh, wh what do you hope it will be? In, in five years, I hope it will be data warehousing as a concept integrated, subject-oriented, non-volatile, time-variant, uniform time intervals, pre-aggregated and ready for use. I hope all of that will exist as part of a complete data management ecosystem. And whether we put the label data warehouse on it, whether we treat it as a partition within the, the, the data lake, what label we put on it, is less important than the fact that we retain those concepts so that we manage data in that way for those use cases where that's the best way to manage it. I, I would hope that data warehousing is alive and well as one practice in, in data management. I would hope that data lake architecture, which is still very much in its inf infancy, grows and adapts so that there is a high level of compatibility between data warehousing practices and data lake practices. Do you foresee people, you know, as, as the data lake uh, matures, do you, do you think people will continue to try to abandon the data warehouse? I, I think they may abandon the data warehouse as a distinct physical data store but they can't abandon the collecting of enterprise history and the careful management of that history. As, as soon as you abandon that, you can't do time series analysis, you can't see business trends. Not everybody wants to be a self-service data analyst. If you're a line of business, you don't always want to have to use Tableau, Click, Looker, Domo, whatever to get your information. Sometimes you want to have it published and pushed to you. That's more of a data warehousing use case than a data lake use case, at least as the two exist today. 
Right. So it's a you know less less important what you call it, but um, certain things are always going to need to happen regardless of where they happen. Yeah. Exactly. So, what should be the primary takeaway from this discussion? What should people What should people know? Rethink your data warehouse or data warehouses. Understand why the concepts of data warehousing are important and things that you want to retain, regardless of whether you have a physical data store called a data warehouse. Maybe most importantly, step back from data warehouse alone and think about your overall data management architecture. Who are all of the people who consume data and what's the variety of use cases? And understand that there is no one-size-fits-all data model that will serve all of those use cases. So you are going to have the same data stored in different places in different ways to serve different use cases. Understand that some of those users will want the data prepared and published to them. Others will want access to raw data to do their own data preparation. So start with your architecture on the use case and consumption side and understand the various ways that you need to configure data to serve those users. Then go over and look at the data sources side and ask now how do we take these data sources and move the data into whatever data stores are appropriate to serve all of the use cases. So I, I believe maybe the most important thing to take away is it's time to rethink data management architecture and what we've been doing since the emergence of big data and data lakes and Hadoop and NoSQL is we've taken our old data management architecture and patched things onto it. It, it looks a lot like um, a, a duct tape architecture at this point. And it's, it's time to stop patching things on and step back and say, let's define data management architecture from the ground up greenfield. Awesome. Do you have any uh, resources for or suggested resources that um, if people have more questions, they can go to for answers? There, there are certainly some in the data management blogs at Eckerson.com. There, there are se several pieces out there. In fact, even an internal debate among some of the Eckerson consultants about the data warehouse is dead or the data warehouse is not. I, I have and teach right now a class about modernizing data architecture that has been very well received everywhere. I've taught it. I teach it at TDWI conferences. I've taught it at Enterprise Data World. I offer it on site to, to companies. Um, we, we could, if, if people wanted to bring this kind of education into their company, they could bring it in through Eckerson Group, Eckerson Education. Well, awesome. Thanks for uh, being on the show, Dave. Uh, you're very welcome. This was a fun discussion. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you want more content from business intelligence to data management to data science, browse to the Eckerson Group website at eckerson.com. 